Lane Kiffin is doing a fantastic job of putting a roster together, but where did that come from? What is Ole Miss's history with that? Because there is a little bit of history there. This is coming up a little bit later on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. You can follow me right there. You can see it at the Stephen Willis, and you can catch us on TikTok at Locked On Ole Miss. Um, we do videos there all the time. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, Hit the bell for notifications of new videos and, of course, upvote the video itself. We would appreciate it. Anyway, <clears throat> we were starting to look at, at the roster building that was going on with Lane Kiffin, and we've seen this before. In fact, we've seen this quite a bit before in the previous 15 years, and I saw this with my own two eyes. It is a strategy really started by Pete Carroll with recruitment, and it was an idea of how to build a program, what you need. There's things they look for about a good player, tips and tricks that maybe Lane Kiffin learned from Norm Chow or Ed Orgeron or whoever looking for a talented player. But it has worked at Ole Miss multiple times in the past. Now, everybody is going to poo-poo on Ed Orgeron. Um, for what he did. But let's not forget, there was a mental aspect of football where the players were kind of beat down, but we had unbelievably talented athletes. You look at Marche Green, you look at Paray Jerry, you look at Greg Hardy, all on that roster. Jevin Sneed at quarterback, Mike Wallace at receiver, Shea Hodge at the other receiver. There was athletes for days, and they went to back-to-back cotton bowls off of those athletes. Those athletes were recruited for the most part by Ed Orgeron. Heck, I remember when Jevin Sneed even got transferred in. Ed Orgeron was very excited about Jevin coming in. I heard him uh, many days throughout the hallway in the middle of what's going on. Is he here yet? Is he here yet? Is he coming? This was a big deal for Ed Orgeron. And in 2007, whenever he had to sit out, they went to the 2008 season with those players. But these players were all recruited by Ed Orgeron. The core of the guys that built the 2008 and 2009 teams were built by Ed Orgeron and recruited to come here. And nobody else had done that. And I think that's important to realize. His success or lack thereof on the field became an overall interpretation of what actually happened. But there was good things that did happen. And Hugh Freeze, when he came and got the job at Ole Miss, he brought that player acquisition mold, acquisition mold back to Ole Miss after Houston Nutt. Hugh Freeze brought it back and added an element of on-field coaching and Lessons were learned from Joe McKnight and Keelan Williams and those guys that Ole Miss went after. If you read Meat Market, 
you can follow along all about what happened with the recruitment of Joe McKnight. Hugh Freeze came here with that strategy, but with some lessons learned in ways to try and win on some of those high-end recruits. So you had the Laquan Treadwells, the Robert Kim Dietschies, the um, Laramie Tunsils. Those guys, it became a realistic thing with the way that Ole Miss was trying to build their roster. So the genuine player of how they look at each one, what, what is a good quarterback, what is a good wide receiver, what is a good offensive lineman, defensive lineman, those things do not change through all of them. The only thing that gets tweaked is just on individual type recruitments and maybe ways that you can do a little bit better in recruiting to Ole Miss. Now, in the age of NIL, Lane Kiffin has to deal with a different set of circumstances, shall we say, than other recruiters, than Ed Orgeron or Hugh Freeze. But that baseline of how you evaluate that is a constant through the Ed Orgeron, through the Hugh Freeze, is an important piece of the Lane Kiffin program. And it comes from that Pete Carroll era, the Norm Chow, those guys at USC. There, That is where their teeth was cut with evaluation. And Lane Kiffin, people might talk about how good of a recruiter he is and things like that, but I think what he should probably make his bones with is, an, is as an evaluator. The players, the number of three and low four-star players that turn good with him seem to happen at a higher rate than everybody else. Um, and when he was at Alabama, all those wide receivers, Tua, Mac Jones, all of that, Lane Kiffin was the driving force behind them. So it wasn't necessarily that they were five stars or four stars or anything like that. It was that they were well-evaluated. And you're seeing that happening already at Ole Miss. Players like Quinshawn Judkins, Davis Nigbenosin, Tysheem Johnson, those guys recruit it to the program. And odds are they're going to turn out. I mean, Davison appears to be a different type dude than we normally get here. Um, kind of the same way that like Laquan Treadwell was when he got to Ole Miss. He's just a different dude. Laramie Tunsil, a different dude. Davis Nigmanosin, different dude. Quinshawn Judkins, different dude. And it's all on the backbone of the way that Lane Kiffin evaluates. Evaluation is an important key part of the talent development process. If you bring in players with too low of a ceiling, if you bring in players that have hit their ceiling, you will not develop them, and they will not progress. And then you will look, it'll look a whole lot like when um, Houston Nutt was here, to where players kind of hit that stone wall. That's not necessarily going to happen with these guys. Now, are they going to be 100%? No, not anybody are. But what they are going to be is consistent. And almost, if Ole Miss signs 12 people on signing day in December, you'll know that those 12 can play. You know that somebody in that group is a fairly special guy. And you know that they did not reach on any prospects. 
So Lane Kiffin is following the same path that his buddy Ed Orgeron did, that Hugh Freeze did, with coaches in between, basically. Matt Luke and um, Houston Nutt were in between. But the Pete Carroll system of recruiting, talent evaluation, and development has been put in, installed fully at Ole Miss. And that is a good thing. That system has got us back-to-back cotton balls, two sugar balls. That system is a next-level thing. Even when Matt Luke got here, he was doing parts of the system that was already in place. So understand that whenever we're recruiting, we miss out. Remember who commits. If they get somebody and take a commitment, that kid can play. I've got a high school coach that consistently gushes about Marcel Reed. I mean, over and over and over again about how good he is. Lane Kiffin can evaluate and is known to build a roster. Is what it is. Anyway, I want to tell you about the NTSA Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over campaign. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many and the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. And you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal in the age of Uber. That makes no sense. But for this read, we will play along. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over anyway? For me, 100%. Even so, what's the worst that can happen? Um, Somebody could die. Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Nothing good can happen in that situation. Everybody knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why the police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride or call Uber. It only takes one mistake to change your life or somebody else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here, a seven-episode preview with college experts and local team experts and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, first segment, we talked about the roster building and everything that is being undertaken with Lane Kiffin. And not only is it being successful, we've shown that in the past it's successful, and it's really a way to recruit to Ole Miss. Now let's move to the quarterback competition, which, yes, exactly. We're always going to talk about the quarterbacks until somebody is named. Yesterday, on yesterday's show, we talked about this thing needing to be resolved as quickly as possible. Right now, I think Jackson Dart has the best chance of getting named. That's the reason we went with Jackson Dart needs to get named. If it was Luke Altmaier that had the big scrimmage last week, it would have been a Luke Altmaier 
needs to be named podcast. It wasn't really directed at a player. As and as we've told you, we told you to root that somebody would clearly win the job, as opposed to rooting for a particular quarterback to win that job. I mean, that's just the way this works. Now, you have a guy in Jackson Dart who showed that he could lead a team. He did all the things that expected, and everybody's eyes was on him. Now, there are so many reasons that nothing is going to be decided in the next few weeks. If you're expecting a quarterback to get actually named, you're going to be sadly mistaken. Told you yesterday. You have Lane Kiffin not wanting to give anything away from Troy or anything away to Troy. You've got Lane Kiffin wanting to make sure that the loser of the quarterback job hangs around, even though I think that um, Kincaid Dent can handle that pretty well. You've got media members that are basically getting subscribers and clicks based off of the storyline. They want it to go on as long as possible because they're making money on it. It's just the way it is. I've made... I've had nearly 100 subscribers or over 100 subscribers since last Saturday. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, with all these factors going against naming a quarterback, you're not going to have a quarterback named. You're not. And the best thing that you can hope for, like I told you yesterday, is watch the press conference. Watch the players' press conference. And try to get nuggets, one or two, from that press conference. They're not going to say much, but they might give you an idea of which way to look. Don't expect anything from Lane Kiffin. He's not going to admit a thing. They're talking about the quarterback situation. It became a huge story. He went into the press conference and immediately talked about King Gay Dent and a punter that he got out of frat row. And now everybody's talking about those things instead of the quarterback competition that they went in there to get answers on. He's really good at this, folks. But every time you see a story about a fraternity punter, realize that that's basically a distraction plant to keep people from asking questions and paying attention to the actual quarterback competition that he doesn't want to talk about. Very good at this. He's so good at this. And Luke Altmaier has a chance, if he wins the scrimmage, to muddy it up a little bit. We talked to Bill Flowers yesterday, and he mentioned 2004 and how that went down. We're going to continue to talk about that because until the quarterback is named and everything, 2004 is on the table. 2004 can happen. And... We're desperately trying to avoid that because that would be a worst-case scenario type deal. But these guys are really quality guys, and I don't see anybody on the roster that would be a 2004-level quarterback. Even Jackson Dart, even Luke Altmaier, I do not see that quarterback. There's not an Ethan Flat on this roster. No nothing against Ethan. There's there's not a Michael Spurlock on this roster. Nothing against Michael. These guys are highly recruited, both of which can win SEC games. I think the ceiling is higher with Jackson Dart. I've told you that many, many times. 
think the floor is higher with Luke Altmaier. And as this competition gets going, this scrimmage becomes an unbelievably important thing. I think there's one quarterback that can win the job after this scrimmage, and there's one quarterback that can muddy it up. And that is important. People are going to talk about Kincaid Dent. Wayne Kiffin wants to talk about Kincaid Dent because of the distraction thing, but yet he does not take reps with ones and twos, which means it is a distraction thing. It is designed to make people look the other way. Don't pay attention to what's going on. So, there's no eyes you can really trust between now and Troy. We're going to have to take a, take it take them at their word, on, honestly. But understand that Lane Kiffin has no motivation to tell the truth in this situation. Players have no motivation to tell the truth in this situation. You're not going to see what's happening in the scrimmage. So, We've got about two weeks of speculation ahead of us. Nobody is going to be named at quarterback. It just isn't going to happen. Because what purpose would that serve? Unless they just decide, hey, let's, we don't care that Troy knows. We need to get this other stuff done. And this was something that I talked on the show yesterday. There's so many things that need to get done, but can't get done until after a quarterback is named. It is what it is. It is what it is. We're, we're basically moving into speculation season. We all have our set opinions that the first two and a half weeks of camp have put into our system. And we get to project that forward over the next two weeks that you're not going to learn very much. Just is what it is. We're gonna um, we're gonna have Josh Boutwell on sometime either next week or the week after that, our game week. Um, he was with the Troy Messenger to talk about Troy. Um, we're going to have Stuart Patridge later this week. Next week we're going to have Eddie Small. We got a big, large number of guests that are coming up shortly, so should be a lot of fun, and they should should frame things in different ways and help us out. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Kara McCutcheon comes back, and we're going to talk a little bit about quarterback competition, Juice, and Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin having a similar vibe in building a roster. Didn't just make all of this stuff up. She wants to talk about it. I talked about it. We have a nice little thing built up. Nah, I'm just kidding. Anyway, stick around for that. She'll be back after these breaks. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also hit the bell for notifications of new videos, which happens quite frequently. I think one is happening right now as we record. And, of course, upvote the video itself. Kara McCutcheon, who's been busy at work and was basically took a month off her here, she's back, and we get all the wonderfulness that is Kara. How are you doing, girl? Doing good. So happy to be back. Uh, mm-hmm. It's nice to have a evening <laughs> i bet i, I bet I, you had some kind of a interim promotion or something like that i, I was trying to follow along but yeah so i kind of took over two different departments that i was running so it was very busy <laughs> yeah i can i can imagine it was anyway we have a lot to get to tonight we're going to talk about the quarterback competition because of course we're going to talk about um of a little bit of a feud with you and brandon walker and we're going to talk a little bit about roster building, which this show is about. Um, but it will start with the quarterback competition. What kind of reading are you getting right now? So I think what I'm seeing here is, you know, we see this improvement from Jackson Dart, which is kind of what we wanted to see, right? From the spring game to now, there was a lot of questions. So I think we're kind of seeing that improvement or in Jackson Dart from where he started to now. Um, I think with Luke... Uh, as far as what we're seeing here, I don't really put much into like, his scrimmage performance. I think, you know, everyone has their day. Um, I think for the most part, just from practices and what I'm hearing, Luke is doing pretty well. So I think we're in a great spot um, between the two of them that, you know, as Ole Miss fans, seeing this competition going on, like, we can't really be upset about this, right? Like, we have these two guys working very hard for this job. So I'm pretty excited to see where Lane uh kind of leans um i don't think lane will give us any kind of inclination of which way he's looking but um i am kind of excited to see where his head's at and which way he goes yeah um i've I've, I've tell people all the time on this show i think i've said it five times in the last five months um root for a quarterback to win the job clearly do not root for a particular quarterback um because either way if that happens you're going to be better off and they won the job outright and the other thing is we're not going to hear anything because Lane Kiffin um, is worried about Troy, so he doesn't want to say anything there. He's also worried about the loser transferring, which still is an option. And the subscriber sites are making money off the fact that this quarterback competition is happening, so they're not going to change that. Yeah, I don't I don't think with Lane we really will see. Um, I uh, think as far as the other stuff, I'm um, – I'm not a big fan of seeing some of the side taking personally. I know it's, we're human. It's going to happen. Um, but for me personally, um, if I am asked about who I think is going to win, I usually do a little sly, like, Oh, probably dart or Luke. So, um, sorry, Kincaid, I probably should add you too, but, um, I typically try to stay away from really giving an answer. I think whoever, uh, is the best for the job. Um, I think we'll see why those decisions are made. So um, I'm not really one to really outright make a decision there or yeah. say my opinion. I, I'm sure Kincaid is a great kid and a great story and everything involved, but you need snaps with the ones and twos before this is actually considered mm-hmm. a job, in my opinion. And he might be doing really well. I think it was five for five for 50 yards and two touchdowns Saturday. But 
we're not going to take this seriously until he's getting reps with the one. And you know what? We're out of time. We're not going to know if he's getting reps with the ones from here until the first game. I agree. Um, I think because we do hear Lane kind of talking about that, I don't think uh, that necessarily is a sign he's moving in that direction, to be quite honest. Um, That might be towing a line there, but it's just my thought with how Lane has been with the others. He's a little more uh, constructive. Um, He's not as praiseful for the other guys. So, and I feel like he was that way with Matt as well. So um, that's kind of some of the things I read into uh, that Lane does, you know, not really, but you can kind of pick up on. Yeah. After this last scrimmage, everybody talked about how good Jackson Dart looked and his stats, everybody to a person talked about how good he looked. So Lane Kiffin needed the distraction. He couldn't talk about Luke because everybody watched Luke play. They saw what he was doing. It It would be disingenuous. So you talk up the kid that went five for five for 50 yards and two touchdowns and threes versus threes, which was really fours versus fours. Um, And that storyline catches hold and people take it. That and the frat, the fraternity punter turned into the two major stories that people started carrying. And they don't even talk about the quarterback competition, which is the story on campus. Also, can we just mention how – pretty funny it is that lane uh kind of adds in juice to a part of the punishment so if you have to run laps you have to take juice with you it's, it's actually <laughs> very like, smart yeah it's smart and it's funny uh i have to give lane props <laughs> for that <laughs> yeah and, and i think it's funny now i like juice i love a labrador i have a chocolate lab myself I, his name's archie i mean i i am <laughs> in with this but having a labrador in mississippi that's not exactly should be a storyline right mm-hmm yeah, so. I think seeing Juice in this storyline with Juice just take off. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's been interesting. I, I think we might have a new mascot in Juice. So, um. well, um, labs are not the most. Um, they don't have the most longevity, so I don't think we're going to have a true mascot. But I do think Juice is going to be around for the foreseeable future. Um, now. Let's change gears a little bit. We talked about the quarterback competition. We talked about juice. Now, I understand that you kind of got into a little bit of a Twitter feud with Brandon Walker, and it was resulted in you getting blocked. Talked about that. Yeah, so I am a part of the uh, block crowd by Brandon Walker. Um, So there was a bit of a feud. uh, If anyone follows me, I am – good friends with big game boomer and um so there was a feud between that started between big game boomer and brandon walker uh at the time and i decided one night i was just going to jump right in there and i had made a comment that uh he had said something about big game boomer i should be done there's a day and i said well if anyone should uh, if anyone should be, we uh, end end E Brandon Walker, which somehow was taken into I was already a hit on him, not so much <laughs> his career should end. So this got into like the Mississippi State like two four seven guy starts commenting on this, and he starts going back and forth with me, um, and I start going back and forth with him, and uh, he was kind of like wait wait which two four seven guy was that Steve Robertson? 
No, no. Okay, so it was an under. Okay, wasn't the head guy? It was it was an under guy? Yeah, it wasn't like, him. Like Robbie Falk or somebody. That's what it was. That's what it okay. was. Okay. So he keep Robbie keeps quoting me, and he's almost you could tell trying to get like drag me, like trying to get and nobody's really fighting it. So I'm kind of pushing back at him, going, "Oh man, this sucks for you. Like you're really trying to like drag me. And it's going nowhere." Uh, your fans don't even care about Brandon Walker. Um, and so I kind of push it a little there. And uh, so it kind of turns into this where Brandon Walker gets involved. And um, somehow it goes into the Unnecessary Roughness uh, podcast. And next thing I know, I'm blocked. <laughs> so one of my friends decides she's going to go and defend my honor. Um, and somehow it comes out that he starts talking about women at Ole Miss and how our appearance or different things about uh, Ole Miss. So I kind of called him out for taking things to a low level. And his Casey Smith, I believe her name is, like got involved. And so, yeah, I, I had a fun time with, but I'm still blocked, by the way. I'm still oh, 100% yeah. blocked. Yeah, I, I I do not talk trash. I don't engage with any of those people, but I hear stories like that all the time. And and I, I'm pretty sure Big Game Boomer is blocked, but his feud back and forth, like of him putting College Town's tears and just like <laughs> the bottom one was Mississippi State, that was unbelievably pointed. And it was just basically designed to make a list to piss him off. Yeah, I, I think that that's calmed down a lot now, but I, I definitely had to laugh at those. I think Ole Miss fans really uh, hit the ground running on getting <laughs> those lists out there and sharing those. So it was fun for us uh, during that time. Yeah. People people don't realize, but I, I have a philosophy on stuff, especially social media, and is basically you have to choose to be canceled. You have to choose to be uh, for it to work on you at all, whatever they're trying to say. And people will all always go to the lowest common denominator and comment mm-hmm. on your appearance on social media. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's usually the go-to, I guess. So, um, yeah. but yeah, so that was my my fun postseason feud with Brandon Walker. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I get um all the time um calling me an old person all the time. <laughs> I mean, it, it it never even it's like yeah. That's not an insult. I live those years. I know I'm an old person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be 25 anymore. Yeah, Twitter responses are fun. Yeah. All right. Um, before we get out of here, scrimmage number two, um, Saturday. What are you hoping for? So I actually want to hear more on the defensive side, to be quite honest. Um I want to hear more of what's happening, what they're seeing there. Uh, I haven't uh, seen as much on that as I'd like to, to be quite honest. Um, I am always interested in the QB battle, but I kind of want to hear a little bit more of the stuff than how that's coming. Um, I think there was a discussion of certain, uh, I believe it was Rob, Jayla Robinson and his health. Um, so I'd like to hear a little more about the wide receiver room, how the wide receivers are shaking out. I want to hear more about, um, with our tight ends, the running backs. Like, I'd like to see a lot more the production that's going on there, but really defense, to be quite honest. I'd love to hear more um, about what they're thinking there, uh, where some of those things. I've seen a lot of great things, as I call him, Iggy. Um, I've seen a lot of great things about Iggy. I've been following him, uh, so I'm very interested to see what he will do and where he lands on the depth chart. <laughs> yeah, um, and also in yesterday's, um, press conference of players. Um, Damon Clowney was one of the people on, on 
that was interviewed, and he talked about his switch over. Well, I guess he's going back and forth, and he's cross-training between linebacker and defensive end, and it's probably something him and Kari Coleman is likely doing the same thing. But either way, it makes the defensive line salty rushing the ball and puts kind of a thumper back there in linebacker a little bit. I'm also interested here, you know, um, with Chris and how things are going, um, you know, I think a lo- there's a lot of question marks with our defense and how it's going to be. Uh, but I've been following Chris and his clients about just what he's forming and what they're trying to do. So um, really like to see a lot of what's happening there. All right, Kara. Um, anyway, get more on, on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen every day. Host Chris Gordy and local experts, that's me, of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes or less. Make Locked On SEC your second listen every day. Locked On SEC. Kara, thank you very much for coming by and reclaiming your weekly <laughs> spot. Um, I hope everything goes well, and I'll see you next week. Thanks. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.